NotFest.com presents Talk To Me. With over 300 interviews under his belt and six years running, your host Joshua Toomey interviews metal and rock's heaviest hitters. Follow the show at Talk To Me Talk. Here's your host, Joshua Toomey. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Talk To Me here on NotFest.com. As always, I'm your host, Joshua Toomey, joined by the one, the only, Chris Aiken. Chris, how we doing? Awesome, man. What's happening? Not much, man. Uh, we did we did the new format this week where the interview came out on Tuesday. So if you guys want to go back and check out my interview with Levi Benson of Miss May I, that was a, a fun interview, man. And uh, he, he got pretty candid towards the end talking about the old days of MySpace and early days of Facebook. And uh, it was a good time, right? Yeah, it was a good interview. It's funny. At least your interview happened. Mine, I slept through because <laughs> I suck. <laughs> he was supposed. I was supposed to talk to him sa- Sunday, mm-hmm. but I didn't get any confirmation until like Sunday at like seven thirty in the morning. And for anybody who doesn't know, I do the CMS until three o'clock in the morning. Right. And then by the time I process all the video and shit, I'm going to bed at like five or six. So I get an email at seven thirty in the morning said. Hey, Levi will be on with you at noon. <laughs> no, he won't. <laughs> well, as we sat down to record uh, record this today, I I had my tomorrow interview email me saying, "Hey, we're we're here, we're ready to go." Oh, and I'm boy. like, "Um, the interview's tomorrow." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's Whoops. just been one of those weeks, man. I guess something's in the water. Yeah, well, you know, it, I mean, it just it works out that way sometimes, isn't it? Isn't it crazy though? How many interviews don't pan? If people only knew how many interviews we get ready for that don't happen versus right. how many do they'd be like, why do you even bother? <laughs> you know, cause there are a lot to cancel. Dude, every, ever, ever, ever since I, I sat and said that I was not going to do as many interviews mm-hmm. and like, we were just going to do more of these and less interviews. Sure. My inbox is just blowing up with like oh, people. Yeah. I just can't say no to it's insane. <laughs> well, as long as they show up for them, that's fine. You know? Yeah, it is fine. Uh, we, you know, we are always looking for uh, ratings, reviews, comments, all that stuff. And, and I wanted to read a, a, an iTunes review. All right. Um, that we did not get. That this was for the, this is an iTunes review for the Decibel Geek podcast. Okay. Um, the headline is more Aiken, please. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so they got five stars from Elizabeth Gaines. Uh, love the way Decibel Geek finds new creative ways to reinvent the podcast. Your latest episode on Pantera was excellent. You need to have Chris Aiken on your show again. In fact, I know the perfect episode for his return. With Eddie Trunk's recent throwdown between 5150 and Edelman Smile, it would be a great topic for a Decibel Geek debate, especially since uh, it's pretty well known that Aiken likes Sammy Hagar and while Aaron loathes Sammy Hagar. Thanks for all the hard work you do to put into your podcast. It's much appreciated on my end. Wow. So A, a that's on the Decibel Geek podcast. B, I was on that episode. With no, the you were. It was thing. all me. So, you know, no, no love for me. So, uh, so and yeah. See so, there, and, and C, it's a girl. Yeah, usually, and it's a girl. So what the hell's you, going on around here? Usually the women <laughs> loathe me. <laughs> well, thank you. Was her name Elizabeth? Uh, Elizabeth Gaines. So yeah, so head on over to the Talk To Me podcast if you're listening yeah. to this and uh, and leave a nice five-star rating, nice five-star yeah. review. And request that Aaron comes over here and does this with us sometime. How about that? Maybe that's what, maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe if we have Aaron on the show, mm-hmm. then... Then that's when you get the uh, first. Yeah. You get the Aaron, then you get the uh, five star reviews. Sure. Well, it is our turn. We did theirs. Yeah, I so. guess. I guess we should have them back on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, I'll, I'll throw that out once again. Um, my old band, Twelve Volt Negative Earth, will be playing Dark Matter in Nashville, September eighteenth, uh, as a reunion show for Lucy's Record Shop, thirtieth anniversary of that club. Uh, thankfully we came in towards the end of Lucy's record shop. So the band's not 30 years old yet, but it is, it is getting very close and that just makes me feel and uh, sound ancient. Well, that's where you're going to get your five-star reviews on Yelp for, for the record shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pass out some, uh, some I, I got uh, a cool idea for some picks 
and mm-hmm. I put in the order. You know, you did the QR code form and stuff like that. So hopefully by the time of the show, and if not by the time of the show, then at Louder Than Life, I'll have them to kind of hand out to people. Very but, cool. Uh, be cool to be cool to have some talk to me guitar picks. So if you collect guitar picks out there, let me know and I'll get you a handful. Very good. And it'll only be thirty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thirty dollars plus shipping and handling. <laughs> and if you send them back, there's a restock fee. And he'll sign one letter on each pick that you purchase. <laughs> uh, before we dive into uh, topics today, I want to I want to bring up uh, uh, something you talked about on on this uh, Chris Aiken presents. Yeah, and you were talking about Thursday night football going streaming. Yes, the only problem I have with Thursday night football going streaming and and all of these these things going towards streaming. Mm-hmm. Is how far like I, the technology is not there yet to make it fast enough to where there's not a good lag. If so, if you're on Twitter, on Facebook, or even people watching the game on TV mm-hmm. hitting you up, being like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that just happened!" Like getting a text, right? You know, and that's the only thing. So the last few years watching football here because I'm out of market for my Tennessee Titans mm-hmm. is, is I have to put my phone on silent and right. with face down to watch the game because so many times I'll, because I have uh NFL Sunday ticket, but I have it streaming. Sure. And so, mm-hmm. so it's, so there's lag and yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a good 15, 20 seconds behind and mm-hmm. Twitter and everything else is so fast that it'll just be like, Turn over, you know, turn over, blah, 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 or something. Yeah, exactly. That's, I'll get that all the time. My friends will be texting me, Did you see that chub run? And I'll, <laughs> and I'll look up and I'll be like, Okay, third and down, third and two. <laughs> and I'll be like, What, what, what? And then it'll happen. I'm like, Oh, right. you fucking blew it for me. God damn yeah. it. <laughs> so that, that's the only thing football? I think that the, that's the only thing that they're going to have to yeah. figure out is somehow speed it up. They'll figure it out. Well, possible. either that or just delay the, delay the, the antenna broadcast. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, I don't think they would do that to, Why? to counteract, but it'd probably be, it, it'd be easier. Right. It would be <laughs> easier to put delay. I mean, dude, I, I worked on commercial radio forever. I know all about delay. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's easy to put two minutes yeah. of delay into, into a system. You know, it's, it, I mean, you never, that that's the one thing that's never, and I hate to turn this into the, talk tech me here today but um <laughs> talk tech me but um you know i mean as a tech i could tell you the delay they're never going to be able to synchronize it they're just right. never going to be able to do it because it all varies on internet speed you know i've right. got the i've got the fiber here so i could probably be as close to real time as you could get i'm right. assuming you don't have the fiber there so you're going to have you're going to have a big latency compared to what i can download so you know it's never going to be perfect but They'll, you know, in the end, I, I'm, I'm sure with the NFL, with how much they care about the people, they won't do a damn thing. They'll just say, yeah, f- <laughs> fuck you. Just spend your money. We already got billions from you. You yeah, take exactly. what you get. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm I'll tell you what, though, did you, have you watched the broadcast yet? Did you watch the preseason? I did not. No, I did not. It's pretty slick, dude. Oh. I, I'll tell you, on a big screen, I, I was watching it on a, my, my TV in my bedroom, which is a 55. So it's not huge, but it's not right. tiny. And um, just watching it, it's all 4K and it's all, they have like the best cameras. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you, you've you seen bad football games and it always looks hazy. And, and especially right. in streaming, when the ball, it, it's kind of like when you watch hockey on TV and they hit the puck and you don't quite see it moving, <laughs> right. you know, you just, you just know it did. They've eliminated all of that with the uh, Amazon. The, well, however, Amazon's doing it is going to be the way the whole NFL does it because it just looks fantastic. So you're talking about watching hockey on TV. There's nothing worse if you're watching hockey and like a fly or a bug lands on the TV and you think yeah. that's the puck for a while and you're like, mm-hmm. why is the puck? Why is everybody not going to the yeah. puck? And it's, yeah, it's why is it moving? <laughs> <laughs> dude, remember? Dude, are you are you old enough to remember when they tried to make hockey more of a TV sport? So they put in a like that, a GPS thing that yeah. made the puck blue on the screen. And then it just looked like people were shooting at each other. You know, it, lo- <laughs> it looked like with tracer rounds or something. It was like, pew, pew, pew. you know, what's crazy about that is I was listening to a business podcast and they were talking about the business of, of that. Okay. And I guess that technology led to like, 
like it didn't work in hockey, but it worked. And now they've, they've put it into other things. And I think that's the technology that they use for the uh, first down lines in football. It's mm-hmm. like somehow the same technology that they had in that and the glowing puck in the, in the sure. hockey or something. It's, it's just, it's, it's, I'm not a hundred percent, but I think that's what that came from. Dude. I saw a you know, thing last year where in not in games or preseason or anything, but in like testing, they made the ends of the football clear okay. and they put in like some kind of camera that's like on a gyro. Oh, so it will, it will spin and they're yeah. trying to make it so that when they throw the ball, you can actually see the ball. No, <laughs> too much, man. It's like the helmet cam. It's like, I don't need yeah. to see the helmet cam. Yeah. I don't That's, I don't like the helmet cam at all. When, yeah. when they were doing that in, what was that XFL or AAF yeah. or one of them? The helmet cam blows. All you see is a bunch of people shaking around and and their heads slapping back. <laughs> right. You know, Can um, you imagine what it looked like seeing Derek Henry's helmet, the, as many hard hits as that dude takes to the head. That's right. How many hard hits he hands out. Well, he hands them out too, but, <laughs> but still, uh, can you imagine watching his helmet cam? Wow. You would get fucking motion sick. Quickly before we get into music news, uh, yeah. uh, you're a Cleveland Browns fan, so what is your uh give me give me a record prediction? Eight and nine. All right. I don't see them. I do not see it being a good year. I know everybody, everybody here, I listen to sports talk here, and the predictions are ridiculous. I mean, it is absolutely well, if they go seven and four with Brissett, and then and then when Deshaun, <laughs> and I'm like, they're not going seven and four with Brissett. They're going to be lucky to go six and five. Maybe five and six would be good. Wouldn't shock me if they went four and seven with them. He's not very good and he has no one to throw to. Right. You know, so there's that piece. And then the other piece is then we're expecting an all pro to hit the field week 12 that hasn't played in two years. Yeah. By the, yeah. By the time he hits the field, it'd be almost two years. Wow. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he's not going to. He's going to have significant rust. He's not going to come into the first game and throw five touchdowns at 500 yards. He's going to be at like a buck 80 and three picks, you know? So I, I mean, I'm, I'm more optimistic about next year. You know, I, this year I'm kind of like, got a great, got a good team, not a great team. And Brissett is not the answer to me. I mean, you watched him more than I did. Can we expect wins from that guy? Yeah, I mean, he wasn't bad with the Colts. I thought he was all right. He's he's serviceable, you know. Hmm. I'll yeah, take it. Service serviceable ain't getting you a championship, right? Unless you're Trent Dilfer, <laughs> right? Uh, I'll give you my quick Titans one. I think uh, I'm gonna go um, eleven and six, and f- three seed in the playoffs. And how far in the playoffs? Super Bowl, uh, baby. <laughs> At least, at least one win. Who do they got to get past the Chiefs? Chiefs and Bills. They can get past the Bills. I'm not sold on the Bills. I know yeah. they were good last year. I'm not sold. I'm just not sold on it. You know, I just think Josh Allen is. I mean, he's good, but I just don't see him as this all-world guy yet. I just don't. Um, I would say the Chiefs are still. Until somebody beats the Chiefs, the Chiefs are still the team. Kind of like the kind of like Golden State in basketball. Right. Until somebody takes them out for good, then they're still <laughs> viable, you know? Right. So all right. Well, that, that, football, that, that, oh yeah, me too, man. I, I I well, I think what we'll do in the future is maybe leave this stuff till the end of the show. So if you're not a football guy, then you can just turn it off toward, towards the end. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure like I've just been listening to who's been getting cut, who's been getting sure. picked up, what our practice squad looks like. Like I am just a football, you know, nerd. Well, we can, we can swing this back to music, you know, in, in hail the leaf news, Josh Gordon signing with the Titans, right? <laughs> he's, he's, he's flying in for a tryout. All right. Well, there you go. And they were joking down. on the radio that he, they're like, yeah, he led the league in receiving yards in 2013. It yeah. is now 2022. He like, was damn good that year though. Oh yeah, boy, he was good. Like that. I mean, I yeah, he's definitely wasted talent. Like he was so he mm-hmm. was a great receiver. Yeah. Just a waste. And speaking of waste, yes. Uh let's start out with uh 
Anthrax wasting money. <laughs> and anthrax cancels their european tour due to out of control cost and logistical issues i think that's a trend we are really starting to see a lot of now everybody yeah. has to stay at home that's it's weird because you know forever and, and you've interviewed a million bands and i've interviewed a million bands the bands that are overseas for us for us here in the states yeah constantly have told us that the reason they don't come over with every album is the cost. Right. And, and you know, unless they've, a, they've reached some big level, you know, they, they can't afford to come here. And I don't think we've ever really here in the States. I think we're spoiled. I don't think we've ever really thought about it too much, but now with the crazy prices of everything, yeah, it's really limiting people. It's limiting the biggest bands. I mean, Anthrax is a pretty big band. And they Especially can't go overseas, to, yeah. yeah. And they can't afford to go overseas. That's that's kind of crazy. And even more, you know, still a big band, but not as big. The whole Striper thing here in the states, mm-hmm. Striper can't afford to tour because they can't find a tour bus. So I've got a, a good friend of mine, tour bus driver. He's been on the podcast mm-hmm. a long time ago. I grew up with him, but he he drives tour buses now. And I I hit him up. I'm like, is this real? Because uh, the first band I really saw do this was the band Cold, which I'm a big yeah. fan of. Obviously, Scooter's been on the show a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I reached out to my friend Jeremy and I was like, hey, man, is this a real thing? Like, are, is there a tour bus shortage? And he was like, he was like, yeah, he 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 drives, you know, for a big company. And he said people are like reaching out to him personally, trying to find a bus. Like, sure. do you know, do you know a secret stashed bus somewhere type right. thing? And so when the cold thing happened, I was like, I don't know, man. I mean, should, that might just be a nice, you know, way Excuse. of just canceling a tour. Yeah. And you're like, oh, man, we can't find a bus. But then Striper does it. And you're like, well, that's a little bit bigger band. Yeah. And then now Anthrax, you know, I don't know if that's a tour bus issue over there. Or if it's just the, the cost of fuel and and the cost of just getting over there. And I'm sure mm-hmm. there's there's COVID insurance still over there, you know, overseas. I think they're sure. taking, you know, way more precautions than they are here now and stuff like that. So, yeah, the getting everything together and everybody over there in a full tour across, you know, across the pond, as they would say, is I'm sure that's it. I'm sure this is not going to be the, the last of, of oh, all no. of this happening. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I mean, it's funny because during COVID we talked so to, to every band mm-hmm. about what was going to happen when, when everything opened back up and how everybody was going to be on tour at the same right. time. And the conversation always was, is there, are there going to be venues to play? Right. I don't think any of us ever thought about, man, is there <laughs> going to be a way for them to get from gig to gig? I don't right. think any of us thought about that. And that is yeah. definitely a problem. And, and God knows we didn't expect this $5, $6 a gallon gas. Well, the crazy part of it is, is we were, we were worried about, are there going to be enough venues? But at the same time, a lot of those venues closed down. So mm-hmm. you don't even have like, so the amount of venues is gone the amount of tour buses is gone. The amount of bands that need to be on the, on the road to make money is up. Yeah. So it, I mean, these, they keep adding bands and bands to like, like even louder than life here. That's here in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. They just added on a ton of bands. Yeah. And then the, uh, the, the blue Ridge rock fest, which is the big crazy one that's in like Virginia. Right. Released at set times. Mm-hmm. And just, just, Every single stage, every single day, like you're not getting just no name bands opening this thing. It's like it's like band you've heard of from the the moment they open the door to sure. till the till the and it's big bands. It's like I don't know how how they're pay, like that's another story. It's just like how are you paying all of these bands to come play this stuff? And you got bands reuniting, you got Kitty and God forbid, and like doing all these like reunion shows and bands playing specific albums and even in all the way up to, you know, Slipknot and Disturbed and all the headlining bands too. It's, it's going to be an insane festival. Sure. Well, dude, I, I'm just, I'm hopeful that what, what doesn't happen here is the ruination of the, of the baby bands. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's really the, the smallest bands I think will be okay. Cause they could still get into a minivan and go, yeah. you know, on their own. But I'm talking about like the 1500 seat draw bands. Yeah. You know, those bands are really going to have a hard time 
Because, you know, their production is big enough that they can't really do that with a minivan. You know, maybe with a trailer and... Well, you I mean, you're just going to have to do box truck, you know, box truck, yeah. semi, and really... Lose your ass. Into, you know, yeah. A, lose your ass. B, you know, move into the sprinter vans and, and mm-hmm. you know, more flying, I guess, too. You can even do that. Yeah. I mean... You're not going to have the comfort of a bus. I think yeah. you're going to ha- you're going to have to swallow some pride and maybe go back to the van days or just you know more mm-hmm. vans and hotels just in between in between gigs. Yeah, I don't know about the flying though part either because flying you know I, I mean too. well I mean you know the airlines a the airlines are a disaster but but you know flying dates are usually Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday right well I don't think those dates are open for the next year at any venue. Right. I mean, if you're going to do a fly-in date now, if you're going to pick up a fly-in date, it better be for a Tuesday or a Monday, you know, because <laughs> right. it, it, those are the dates that might have availability. No, no viable venue has a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday available right now. None. You know, it, it's a weird time for this whole thing, man. It's, I'm, I'm really curious. I keep seeing bands that are announcing these tours and I'm like, yeah, this shit ain't happening. You know, I just look at it. I'm like, there's no way. There's just no way is like, you know, and I'm not picking on this guy. I'm just saying just in general, I just saw that Udo announced a bunch of dates <laughs> and I'm just like, is he really going to be able to do, is he going to be able to find a bus? Is he going to be able to pay for a bus with, you know, he plays for what? A thousand people maybe. Right. I don't think he plays for more than that. Does he? I don't I think would, so. I wouldn't think so. Not here in the States, and I love him, but I, I just see that as a lose-money proposition for him to bring over, you know, eight guys or whatever. There's five guys with his band and two or three techs, you know. Yeah, it's just going to be nuts to uh, finally see everybody out there on the road again trying to trying to get everything going, man. I, I yeah. think it's funny, like, I remember back in the day, like, when like the, in the 2002 Primer 55 tour that I did, we we actually did two minivans, right? And it was one of the more bizarre tour. We actually had this like eighteen passenger van trailer thing set up, and then when we got there, like uh, something to do with insurance or something, like right, we couldn't drive off the Enterprise lot with it. They're like, but we can get you with these two minivans. So we ended up out there, like out there opening for dope in these little right. little you know Chevy Astro fans or something it's <laughs> one of the nice. one of the more insane tours i think i've ever been a part of that's funny that's crazy well hopefully you know hopefully this doesn't affect the um the rumored primer 55 reunion well i mean that we can push that out to 2023 if we need to mm. i mean that's <laughs> clearly that's clearly private jet right and so that's not affected yet right yeah you could definitely <laughs> Definitely private jet. Definitely, uh, you know, we'll we'll do maybe one or two shows a week and fly home after every show. Very a la Metallica. Sure, just private jet to the stadium of choice. Play that show. Go home. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, Corey Taylor will be stoked about that because Corey Taylor is stoked about the Pantera reunion and nice. says that it will be done with respect. So mm-hmm. Corey Taylor uh, went on Sirius XM's Trunk Nation with Eddie Trunk, not the Talk to Me podcast. What did other? Um, I don't. I, I, have you noticed also that I think Blabbermouth has pulled three things from this interview so far? Like they oh. are just milking this because I mean, you know, you and I both know that mm-hmm. typically Blabbermouth will only touch one thing per interview. Yeah, and and you, I've lucked out maybe once or twice and gotten two things pulled, but never three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I've never had three. I've had two. Yeah. And it's because they'll pull one thing from the YouTube clip and then one thing from the podcast. They'll even mm-hmm. like they'll they they'll mix it up, man. They they don't sure. stick with one thing. But uh Corey Taylor went on the uh Eddie Trunk show, Trunk Nation, and says, uh, I know everyone in the current Pantera band. I knew everyone in the prior band. So it's interesting. I know there's a lot of debate about it. All I'm going to say is that I'm stoked to see these guys uh, play these songs live, and I'm stoked to see it done with respect. Me too. Bravo, Corey. <laughs> I agree, Corey Taylor. Yeah, Corey Taylor. That guy always has knowledge. He's always spitting <laughs> knowledge, man. <laughs> Everybody needs to know what Corey Taylor thinks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Of course, um, they'll never know it here on on Talk to Me, but whatever. not yet. They they will soon. I'm, I, right. It's it's going to happen soon. Just throw right. it out there in the world, and so. Yeah, if um, I if I buy a Corey Taylor mask. <laughs> um, something else that everybody loves is uh, Megadeth's Dave Mustaine says that everybody loves James Lomenzo. Okay. So speaking to Revolver Magazine, Dave Mustaine stated um, why he enlisted uh, Testament's Steve DiGiorgio to play on the Megadeth album. Uh, we parted ways with Dave Ellison and the idea to get Steve basically, basically was in the end, it's always going to be my decision, but there are a couple of guys we looked at. We were trying to finish the record. So the criteria for someone to be a session player and finish the record versus the guy that was going to be a band member that we can find right now, that's going to make a commitment and leave what they're doing to come with us. Uh, we just didn't have the time. So we sought out for a guy that would help finish the album. And that was Steve. Um, I'm not going to be the guy to poach people from other bands. I hated when Metallica did that with Cliff Burton. I mean, granted trauma wasn't a great band, but I think it just sets you up for resentment from people. When you go and take their band members, if the guy quits and wants to join your band, that's cool. But if I would have went to Testament and said, Hey, I want Steve or I would just went to Steve and said, Hey, I'll give you a gazillion dollars and he quits Testament. You know what would happen? I would lose close friendship with Alex Skolnick and Chuck Billy. And it's not going to go that way. Yeah. I'll bet he hated it worse when um, he poached um, Kirk Hammett from Exodus. Just a, <laughs> just a hunch. <laughs> just a hunch on that one. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, regarding Lomenzo's addition to Megadeth, uh, we welcome James with open arms and everybody loves him. He's mm -hmm. such a great, great guy. So it wasn't a hard decision at all to make. It was basically calling him, seeing what he was doing. Everybody is really, really happy with him. I haven't really seen that much pushback from fans. I know that the two people that matter the most besides me, Dirk and Kiko love him. It's what I wanted. I want to have the four of us playing together and all be comfortable with one another, knowing that there was no weirdness going on or any double dealing or anything like that. All right. So what is the count? Is the countdown to his extinction started now that he said that everything's perfect? <laughs> everybody loves everybody. Everybody loves everybody. So who's getting kicked out next? I just think it's funny because if you, if you changed the name James Lomenzo, to Dave Ellison, mm -hmm. this would be the same statement. <laughs> like, of course. Yeah. Yeah. He is such a great, great guy. It's such mm -hmm. a hard, you know, not a hard decision at all. Blah, you know, yeah. no pushback from the fans. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, look, Lomenzo, I, I don't know if you've ever met him or not, but he's, he is a nice dude. Like yeah. he's, he's a little too nice to be in a dirty band like Megadeth, but right. Um, he's, he's a great dude and super talented player. Um, you know, it is what it is. It doesn't, does it really, at this point, does it really matter who's in Megadeth? Mm. As long as Mustaine's in there, it really doesn't matter. Right. I mean, I guess as long as you're skilled enough to play in the band yeah, and things well, like, yeah, I mean, as long as you can do the, do the gig. Yeah. I did see James did a uh, thing for Notfest um, when they were doing the metal tour of the year. Uh, they were doing some stuff on Instagram live with like uh, certain band members and they did all four uh, bass players from the from the four bands so james you know uh, john campbell from lamb of god james lomenzo right. hollow from trivium and uh and whatnot so they they had all of them together doing some stuff and james was james popped off the screen in that he he, he looked you know so looked like so much fun yeah well dude i mean look megadeth is megadeth look i, I you know i'm team ellison i'm gonna stay team ellison <laughs> i'm gonna support deeth not death i guess but um yeah. Yeah, let me rephrase that because I wanted to not support this new Megadeth, but all three songs I've heard have kicked ass. Yeah, it's been so great. It's, they've been, they've been that's so the great. worst part is <laughs> I, 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 I hate to admit this, but I will admit it. I was hoping for another super collider so I could be like, see, that's what you get, man. <laughs> and, and they come back with some of the, you know, some of the best songs they've had in years. Yeah. In, in decades. I mean, it, 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 this is the best sounding music that they've had closest to classic Megadeth since what, since like United Abominations maybe. Yeah. And that's what 2004, three, something like that. Yeah. yeah I'm definitely, 
I'm definitely 100% on board once this Megadeth record comes out. I can't wait. Yeah, and that's what... Do we still have another month to wait for that, or is that actually coming? I don't, I don't remember when that's coming out. Well, let's see. I thought... Seems I, like we've been waiting forever, doesn't it? <laughs> the anticipation. It's just because you and I don't have it early. Yeah, well, that's it, too. We should, <laughs> why don't we have it early? I don't know. Uh, September 2nd, so the this week... Oh, Friday. Yeah. Nice. All right. Tomorrow. When you're listening to this, it'll be out tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Boy, we're, we're well informed. When's it come <laughs> out ever? Yeah. I think it's out in like 2024. Well, dude, it's like a band that I'm thinking like that with is um, Queensryche, which I don't, I don't right. think you're a huge fan of, but, but they've released like three or four singles for that album. Okay. When do you think that comes out? Um, Three or four singles means it should be out by the end of the month. Yeah. Not till October. Uh, <laughs> There's still another month. They're going to release half the album before they, before they put out the, the actual album itself. It's like, what are they doing? You know, put it out already. Uh, so moving on to uh lamb of God's Randy Bly on Phil Dimmel filling in for Willie Adler. He's phenomenally talented guy. Wow. That's a stunning comment there. <laughs> so another friend of the show, um, Phil Dimmel, uh, yeah. out there, out there, basically filling in for everyone in Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have an interview with our crews coming up, and I think my first joke will be, you know, when will Phil be filling in for you? But, uh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> you know, take that off the top for him there. Um, sure. Um, Lamb of God singer, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. Uh, Lamb of God singer Randy Bly discussed Dimmel's involvement with the band during an interview with Bloodstock TV's Oren O'Barn. 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 Yeah, that guy. (laughs) After Oren noted how talented Dimmel is to be able to step in on a moment's notice. Bly said, uh, We make it, we make him put in the work though to be fair the guitar parts aren't easy we are playing a song tonight the faded line and that's a song that hasn't been in our set for a while because some of the guys are like oh this is hard <laughs> and it's nice. like no we need to do this and even he was just like oh we've got to learn that that's a fucked up riff <laughs> right but we saw phil fill in for slayer on like two days notice in europe at the end of the Slayer tour, because Gary Holt's dad was passing away, R.I.P., and Phil came over and killed it. We've known him for many years. There's never really been any question of whether he can do it. He's a phenomenally talented guy. Don't disagree with any of that. That's all That's all very truthful. That's another one, though, where we were just talking about the Megadeth and kind of secretly hoping it wasn't good. Right. I think I, I don't know about you, but I was doing the same thing with the Machine Head. Oh yeah, because of Phil Demo, because I I'm absolutely <laughs> a fan. I'm definitely a team Phil guy, not a team Rob Flynn guy. And then the machine head came out and absolutely destroys. Yeah, I that's mean, it's a, like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna I was gonna bring that up in the uh, in the in the recommendations at the end, man. Sure. That that album is it's getting many spins in my in my car. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's it won't go away. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's. Would you put it? Would you put it with the first album or the blackening, which I think are pretty much universally considered the two best? Oh, um, yeah. I mean, definitely put it in there with with the first album and, and the blackening. I I I I see the first album of Machine Head and the blackening is almost like two eras of the band. So sure. I, this one definitely fits in more with the blackening era, right? Like you know, just the more self indulgent ten minute songs and things like that. But mm-hmm. the uh, yeah, it's definitely one of one of their better albums. Even the like he's singing more on it too, and like yeah, I'm like I kind of dig Rob Flynn's singing voice. You know? Yeah, well, I, that's I I said to you when we first got it, I was like I thought that was Howard Jones. Like, I yeah. I really thought that the the low vocal that he was doing was Howard Jones, and it's it's Rob. I was like, damn, when did he just develop that sound? I do yeah, wonder. I speaking of Phil Dimmel being, you know, filling in for, for Lamb of God, cause he did, he's done both guitar parts and mm-hmm. the bass player. And then it came out that Howard Jones was kind of the standby guy for Lamb of God for a little bit, but that was only on the first leg of the tour. That's why, okay. uh, you know, Mark Hunter and, and, and the other guy came in and filled in on the, on the second part of the tour. So I'm going to ask in the interview with, with art, I'm going to ask who his 
standby guy is. I wonder if he'll tell me. Yeah, probably won't tell you. Probably be Phil Dimmel. <laughs> it probably just is Phil Dimmel. <laughs> but uh, but what's you know that that is crazy that that Phil learned both guitar players' parts mm-hmm. because because I honestly I think it would be easily easier for Willie or Mark to learn to play the other person's parts. Sure, and, ju- and just have Phil learn like a specific part, like mm-hmm. like it. Like Phil, just learn all of Willie's parts, and then yeah. And then, but then if Mark has to fall out, mm-hmm. it would, I feel like it would almost be easier for Willie just to be like, "I'll just play Mark's parts, and you play yeah. my my part." I don't know. It, it just but, sounds crazy. And then for him to just be like, "Oh yeah," also you now you're the bass player too. <laughs> sure. Well, dude, here's the real question that I want to know, and okay. we're, we've both have interviewed demos, so one of us is probably going to get the chance to do it again. Right. I gotta know what he thinks of this record. The machine head record. I think I gotta, the, I, 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 I gotta ask him and I'll, and if I ask him, it's going to be like, and don't give me the stock answer. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I want, haven't listened to it yet. Yeah. I don't want that. And I don't want, it's okay. You know, I want him to say, yeah, I hated catharsis. This is what I wanted to do. Why couldn't right. we do this? You know? And, and you know, that's gotta be his opinion. Don't you think? Oh yeah. You, know, you would hope so. I mean, honestly, I could see him. I could see him honestly not listening to it. I, I could see him just being like, you know what? I don't even care. Man, so, I always hear people say that. I can't, I can't imagine that. I, anything that I've ever done, if I've left it, I pay it. I pay like ridiculous amounts of attention to it. Yeah. Like constantly. Dude, when I was off the CMS for two years, I still listened damn near every week. I might as well have put a microphone on because I was listening all the time. <laughs> well, I think that, I think in that situation, you you left the CMS in a good way. So you you left yeah. friendly. You know, you were left mm-hmm. friendly. So you weren't like Neely didn't boot you off the show. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and slander you in the on the you know the shows afterwards. So you're not yeah, like true. Oh, fuck that guy. You know, right. to where. I think that that Phil left the band probably with a bad taste in his mouth. Yeah. So, yeah, and he definitely. Both, and they both took shots at each other. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right on that. Be interesting because, to ask him and get the real answer and not the interviewee answer. Yeah, because I've, I'm, you know, I've I've been in Primer and left Primer a couple times, and they put out singles since I've been in the band, and you know, I checked them out, and I, you know, I never but I always checked them out because I was curious to see what they were up to. Mm-hmm. And, but it, and it was never, but we never left on bad terms. And okay, even like my previous, you never band, had a thought though of, well, if I was doing this, I'd have played the baseline this way or nothing. You never well, thought yeah. that way. Yeah. I mean, you definitely think that way. You're like, what would I, you definitely do the, what would I have done here? Right. Or, or I would have, Oh, that's, or even the, 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 uh, speaking of my first band, the 12 volt negative earth band. Um, fun fact on that one is Chris Kale, back sure. in the day my was my was my replacement in that band nice. um and he played on the on an ep that i had a hand in writing some of it and so it's funny hearing some of the bass lines that he did as opposed to what i did and there were a few times where i'm like mm, i like what i did better <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah it's so so it's so i get i get i guess i can on a small scale put myself in those situations sure yeah i mean it's just interesting it's it's the real stuff that nobody ever admits to, you know, right. And, and me and you have done so many interviews and we get that stock answer all the time. Honestly, man, I never heard it. And then when you get <laughs> backstage with the same guys, they're like, Oh man, that fucking record sucks. This song was bad. And I would have done, you know, you, you, <laughs> you get just, backstage with them and then you ask them like six months later and like, Oh, I never heard it. You know, it's like, oh, stop lying. Stop lying. <laughs> yeah. You, you at least got to, you know, give a couple hate listens, you know? Yes, of course. Or at least the single or something, you know, you're going to at least like give it a, a you know, a, a, a pass through or, or, you know, a, a run, a drive by. That's what I'm looking for. Right. And machine head. If, if you're any kind of a metal fan, you're going to hear it. And Phil Demel's obviously a metal fan. He's going to yeah. hear it. You know, hell half of the, there might be discussions about machine head opening for lamb of God. On right. a tour. I mean, that's a legitimate thought. Then what happens? Do you think that Rob Flynn has listened to the new violent stuff? 
Oh, yes. Rob <laughs> Flynn. Rob Flynn probably has 43 notepads of critiquing how, how he would have done it differently. <laughs> Rob <laughs> Flynn, I don't believe, lets anything go. Ever. Yeah. You know? Rob, yes, I, he's absolutely listened to every note of it a hundred times. No, there's zero question in my mind on that one. <laughs> uh, I'll throw this out there. So I interviewed him for Catharsis, Rob mm -hmm. Flynn, and we we get towards the end. And I mean, this is I guess this is how far back some of these questions have gone. So we got on the topic of of Rob and Dimebag's friendship. Okay. And so just, just my brain went to Dimebag and Rob. Okay. And so I asked him, would he ever jump up on stage, play Dimebag's parts? And Rob Flynn literally stopped the interview, looked at me like, because where we were on camera. Yeah. And he goes, you're really going to ask me that. <laughs> and he goes, you know, you need to. And it hit me right when I, because that was not too far after the Rob versus Phil Anselmo stuff. Right. And I was just like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, there's that. <laughs> so I uh so I, I quickly just like gathered myself, thought about it for a second, then I asked him a dumb question about the uh burn my eyes video. Right. Because in the burn my eyes video, he's got that septum ring mm -hmm. and it's just and it's crooked and it always drove me nuts. So <laughs> so I literally just stopped and I looked at it and I go. I was like, Rob, when you were filming the Burn My Eyes video, did no one ever stop you and like fix your nose ring, your septum ring? Distract, and distract, that, distract. Then he, he started laughing. We had a good rest of the conversation. And uh, but yeah, so so yes, so yes. And in my history of interviewing people, I have asked Rob Flynn if he would play in Pantera. All right. Well, if you get Rob Flynn on this time, say, hey, what do you think of this Pantera reunion? Yeah. <laughs> Will you be you going to any of those shows, Rob? <laughs> You know, it's funny. He actually made the comment once on his show. He he called he called Pantera like they. He goes back in the day. You know, we used to call those guys those posers from Texas. You know, because of the <laughs> of the uh, you know the glam days and stuff. Right. Yeah, so but funny. then they toured with them for. Oh yeah, I know they toured because I I know I went to a show with um, it was Pantera, Machine Head, and Devil Driver. Coal Chamber. No, that was Coal Chamber. Or Coal Chamber, yeah. Yeah. But it was the only reason I, I remember that is because I was backstage hanging at a picnic table with Rob, Phil, and Des, and some manager guy. And we were, I won't say what everybody was doing, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're having a fine time. We we're having a fine conversation, and uh, some people were imbibing in other things. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I'll tell you off here the real story behind that, but wow, it was, it was one of those, like, I'm clearly not in these guys category. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, well, speaking of, uh, uh, machine has Rob Flynn talking about touring. Um, yeah. he says, I don't know if I can continue touring like this forever. Okay. Um, he's talking to Australia's heavy, uh, machine head frontman Rob Flynn spoke out about how he dealt with the downtime during the Corona pandemic. He said, for me, the pandemic has been dot, dot, dot. I've enjoyed it probably more than I should say. Probably I've been on the road since I was 19 years old. I have never gone on hiatus. I've never taken a break. It's been 30 plus years of nonstop and whether it was forced or not, it's killer just to have this time to slow down and not be on the road, not be cramming for the next record not be looking for the next tour. We tour hard to, uh, we do a minimum of 16 months behind any tour cycle. We're doing three hour shows and not letting up. Uh, it just doesn't end. And then yeah. you have to go and write the next record. You start writing again, and then you have to this ability to disconnect from tons of bullshit, disconnect from being around other bands and just whatever, and just kind of dig into what we're into and what we're doing. And what we're digging on, uh, it was really inspiring, man. And it was really needed. I think I needed that. I didn't realize how much I needed a break until I was having a break. And I was like, Jesus, I really enjoy this. Sure. What he really needs to think about, and, and you know, at me, the expert that I am, because I have a camera <laughs> and a microphone. Yes, you know, yes you are. <laughs> you know, Professional should, journalist. That's right. What he should really focus on a little bit is... 
one, he's got to cut those tours down. I mean, 16 months is too, in today's world, that's too long, you know, because people don't ingest albums that way anymore. He should probably just put out four songs and record and tour for four months, right? like do an East coast run with four songs, then take a month or two off and then release four more songs and then do the West coast, you know, and do it like that. Cause he does put out long albums. They're all yeah. very long. And then the other thing, and this is any band, not just Rob, but especially as much as I love that band live and I, and I will put machine head again, not, not necessarily a big Rob Flynn fan, but I love machine head as a band mm -hmm. and I love seeing them live. I've seen them live at least 20 times. You know, I'm a big, big fan of them, but man, them shows are, I love that he does three hour shows personally, yeah. selfishly, but, <laughs> but dude, that's way too long for that kind of music. He should be at about an hour, 10, an hour, 20. Yeah. I, I would, I would agree with you had I not seen it, but going to see it, I've seen I, it. I, I mean, no, I'm, I'm saying like, I'm just saying personally that I've seen mm -hmm. it and I was like, man, this is gonna be a lot. And it yeah. was a lot, but they play, they, they, they just have so many good songs. They do. They just, they just keep going and going and going. And then they're playing, you know, what is it like bulldozer or whatever that song, you know, just mm -hmm. stuff like that. And you're like, all right, if we're, we're doing this too, let's do it. You know, dude, they ought to do. And again, here we are judging a band that's been successful for 30, <laughs> 30. fucking years and saying, yeah, this is what you should do. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I mean, he, he's got his core songs that he has to play. You know, you know, there's there's like six or seven that have to be played every night and then do the Metallica thing. Switch it up. Yeah. Play play four or five, you know, play three tunes from the new record and three tunes that are different every night so that everybody gets a different show and you don't get burned out. I mean, screaming the way he does for 16 months. And, and he's right. They go hard. They don't do. Mm -hmm. When he says they go 16 months, it's not like two days on and then two days off. And then, you know, they go like five nights in a row. Then they take one off and then they go five more nights in a row. They go really hard. I, I see where he'd be burned up at the end. So with the Metallica thing, you want him to to do an acoustic medley of the more things no, change. Is that what I you're telling not. me? <laughs> I do not want to see that at all. You know, I, 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 I'd, I'd rather, that's the part of the Metallica Metallica is still at two and a half hours, but you can cut that out. You can cut all the acoustic crap out and play a nice tidy hour 30 and everybody would be happy. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. You know, real soft. With a flamenco guitar or something. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So so acoustic uh, acoustic machine head coming your way. Oof, that would be <laughs> awful. Uh, before we get into some uh, what we've been watching lately, some recommendations, or whatever. I do yeah. want to shout out uh, Ted Hitchman. Uh, okay. He was our Louder Than Life winner. He won a four day general admission pass to Louder Than Life uh, here in my backyard, Louisville, Kentucky. So that's going to be cool, man. He I. I I messaged him that he won and he was just like, no fucking way. He's like, I've never nice. won anything ever. Like totally freaking out. Um, and, and on a sad note, I saw he posted like two days later, that his dad passed, Ugh. which is, which is when my dad passes, like, I don't even know if I'll be, I'll, I'll just come on here and do a show and just be tears the whole time. Like my dad was so cool. Um, but he, he messaged me again saying that, uh, you know, it, it's looking forward to the show has kind of helped him kind of get through this grieving. That's so, cool. you know, where we, when you don't think that uh, the show is, is kind of touching people and doing some things, you know, you get like those kind of stories and you're like, sure. man, I was just trying to get some promo for the show. And <laughs> now, now I'm over here helping out, you know, people grieving with their, their passing yeah. of their father. Yeah. It is always weird how these shows definitely move people in ways that you don't think of. Yeah. Even if it is just taking the shitty part of their day away for an hour or whatever. So uh, sorry well, to hear that, Ted, but yeah, good Ted. for him. Condolences. Good for him on, on going. Yeah, it's gonna be fun, man. I was uh, I was I told you the other day, man, I, I I don't need a ton of interviews from the show once again because I don't need to do a ton of interviews. And then mm -hmm. I wrote down all of the bands on the bills that I've either interviewed before, have connection with with their publicist, or right. you know, or just want to talk to. It's fucking a page full of bands. I'm like, <laughs> all right, 
So I sent out emails and stuff and getting a few things. Might be doing something kind of cool with Jelly Roll. I think that'll be fun. Nice. That'll be cool. And you uh, might be doing something with the one you asked me about. I I did text and heard back. So that's that's going to happen. It's just connecting the dots now. Right. The, the logistics of it all, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, so yeah, louder than life is going to be fun. Um, if you're going to louder than life and you've made it this far into the show, into the podcast, reach out to me. And, uh, if we get enough people that want to, maybe we can do a, a little meetup or something, go, go hit up mm-hmm. a, a beer tent and a, and a picnic table and hang out for a little bit. There you go. Very cool. Are you yeah. buying? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Depending on how many people meet up, you know, if there's seven people, everybody chips in a dollar, buy me a beer. We'll have a good There you time. go. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it'd be fun. Um, well, let's dive into, to some, uh, to some re- recommendations. Do you want to, do you want to do house of dragon first or do you want to hold it? Yeah, we can do house of dragon. That's fine. We're both watching it. Is it house of dragon or house of, of the, the dragon? dragon. That's what I, yeah, I have it written down that way. So I said it all yeah. redonkulous. Um, so you, so house of house of the dragon, obviously mm-hmm. uh, game of Thrones prequel. Yes. Um, I was a, a massive Game of Thrones fan. And then in talking to you about it, you actually just started Game of Thrones, which blows I, my yeah. mind. I'm on episode three of season <laughs> one. <laughs> I I haven't gotten far in it. I, I don't know why. Dude, talk about a perfect Chris Aiken show. Yeah. It's all violence and nudity. How yeah. did I not watch this for seven uh, years or whatever? That's beyond me. Yeah. And I never did. Game of Thrones is probably up there with with top five series of all times for time for me. Okay. Um, that being said, House of the Dragon is starting off very slow. Like with, with Game of Thrones, I was like first episode, you know, you got incest and, you know, pushing kids off of ledges and, right. and, and like, and, 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 you, know, you know, mayhem and, and all that stuff. So I was just like, whoa, like they're showing this shit on TV. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all in. Um, House of the Dragon, we're two episodes in and I'm first episode just didn't catch me at all. Like I almost was just like, I don't even know if I want to talk about this, but second episode, now I'm starting to see the, the lines coming. Yeah, but then there's also together. a lot of stuff in this show too, where I'm like, are they saying that name for a reason? Like, are they saying that, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to be like, trying to go back to game of Thrones and trying to do the tie in stuff. So you might actually enjoy house of the dragon a little bit more just because you're not like, are they, are they saying this yeah. for a reason? Because that's a, that's a, uh, an Easter egg for something coming up or something like that. So, yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'm coming into it stone cold, so I don't know any of these people. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I know there's a couple of different family factions, but the house of the dragon seems to only be really focused on the one. Yeah. At least so far, it's just, what, what are they? The dark Darkanians or whatever. <laughs> uh, what Targaryens. Are. Targaryen. I'd say, yeah. I, I really don't know. Yeah. But, that's crazy. but I mean, it's, it's, it's cool. And obviously, Spoiler alert, because we're going to talk a little bit about it. So if you yeah. haven't watched yet, you might want to jump out right here. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it, it's obvious that they're going to build to some sort of a, a rivalry between the the sister and the 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 brother that got pushed out. Or yeah. was he? Or, was he her brother? Uncle. He's her uncle, uncle that got pushed away, and yeah, and obviously the the black guy with the predator dreads. <laughs> you know, he's he's going to have some some influence in, in pushing that, the guy with the white hair. I don't know anybody's name. That's the worst. I keep trying to get everybody's names, but there's too many names. Yeah. I'm, I've always been terrible about names in these shows. The the one thing about episode two and my wife almost turned off the entire series because of the, uh, when the, the, like the 10 year old girl tried to give herself up as a bride. Right. And, you're like, and the, the the guy is like, what are you talking about? And they're like, oh, but my mother said that I wouldn't have to bed you till I'm 14. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> like I, I understand that that's what happened back then. And, and that's right. a whole thing. But, I mean, we really didn't have to go there. But I do see the plot line of it. And he's trying, you know, obviously it upset the 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 predator, uh, you know, gentleman there <laughs> towards the right. end. And that's kind of, you know, the fact that he didn't take his daughter's hand. I was obviously, you know, setting us up for some more stuff, but I'm just like, wow, they are really going there with that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, they, they definitely don't seem to be worried about any kind of the movements of today. That's for sure. They're, yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty 
sticking it to the way I guess history was, but I don't know. I I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the shit out of house of the dragon. I, I, again, I don't know why I never watched game of Thrones, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting into that too. It's kind of weird watching them parallel because it's like, I hear names, but I have no idea what they are, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, how the little dude, what is that dude's name? Um, Peter Dinklage. Is that yeah. Him? Whatever his whatever his name is in the show, I can't. You know, I'm trying to figure out how he plays in, and and meanwhile, that's probably what 50 years after the one that I, the other one that we're watching, or 100 years after, or something, right? Yeah, it's. I think it's yeah, like right around 100 years. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy doing it the way I'm doing it, but eh, whatever. I need to fill my time with something, I guess. So yeah, Tyrion Lannister. Yeah, that 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 whole show, man. That guy. I almost envy you the fact that you get to just kind of sit down and watch all of this all at once. <laughs> Cause you've got the, you know, you've got so much stuff coming up in, in seasons, Pat, you know, seasons after this, right. the, the red wedding and all that. Right. As soon as I, as soon as I get, I know what's going to happen though. I'm going to get into like seasons, like three and four or whatever of game of Thrones. And then I'm going to start going, Oh, Oh, and then I'm going to end up watching <laughs> starting over on house of the dragon. Yeah, because I'm I'm gonna know that I've missed stuff, you know that that you're probably picking up right away. You're like, oh yeah, that's where this guy comes from, or you know, I know I'm missing a ton of it because I have no backstory. I you know? personally don't think we're missing. You're missing a ton yet. No, so um, yeah, I, I don't think there's there's too many links to the future just yet. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out who like some of these people's, you know, might be the parent of kind of thing, but mm-hmm. that's about, that's about all you're all, all you're really at at this point. And I will say with game of Thrones, you really don't have like, you know, when we talk about like sons of anarchy where that year they went to Ireland for just like yeah. too long, the season yeah. they went to Ireland, you know, you don't really, you don't really have anything like that in the, in the middle of game of Thrones. You, you okay. don't really get that, that one season of just like, why are we doing this? You know? Right. Or, or in the Sopranos when Tony was having all the dreams, all yeah. the dream sequence, Ugh, that was terrible. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, other, other than the, uh, I mean, most people will agree that the, they don't really care how this shit series ended, but getting to the end, you're on a fucking roller coaster. Mm, well, I'm in. I'm in now. I'll keep you apprised here. Once I catch up with a show, that's what? 10 years old. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. The, uh, you know, great show, man. Um, what do you have? Uh, music. Do you have anything music wise you've been watching? Um, music. Um, um, not really. Um, there's, it's a weird band. The only thing I've been listening to it, I was doing it because I had an interview with the band is this band called fans of the dark. Okay. Which is, is it's, it's definitely not this crowd's music, but it's like, if you like that band night flight orchestra that, um, Bjorn from soil work does on the side. Okay. Uh, it's similar to that. It's, it's a bunch of songs that are kind of that whole poppy rock metal fused with disco thing. Okay. But they're all written about like horror movies. So like one of the songs is called night of the dead and it's about the movie night of the dead and stuff. So, you know, it, it's pretty cool. It, the album's called Suburbia. It's out on um, September the 16th, I believe. And um, it's cool if, if you're into that thing. So I'm listening to that. And then TV-wise, I've got two things. I've got one. I'm I'm hooked on Stars Network. It's just my favorite network for okay. for crime TV, basically, for for shows that are like like the shield or whatever. They, they just put out a bunch of them and 50 cent wrote a ton of them. And okay. so, so there's, there's like this series, he calls it his power series and there's four shows based off of it. There's force, there's power, there's ghost. And there's um another one. I forget what the, or the <laughs> one I the one I want to actually talk about raising okay. Canaan. Nice. Um, and raising Canaan is awesome. It is just street thug street thuggery. It's okay. basically the story of a a dude that was a pretty much a good kid, but his mom was a criminal and his dad was a cop and he's torn between where to go. And then, it, you know, you already kind of know where it goes because in one of the other series, he's a prominent player. It's kind of like this whole Game of Thrones House of the Dragon thing. Right. And, you know, it's a prequel of sorts to the Power series. So I'm really digging that show. It's all energy. It's all murder and 
backstabbing and everything. I love it. It's just that one's just fun. And then in the not so fun world, there's a documentary on Discovery Plus called Evil by Design, the Peter Nygaard story. I don't know and the Pe- name. Yeah, he's a fashion dude. Okay. Like he was in the fashion world. I guess he was huge in the fashion world. And it is amazing to me that all these guys with this crazy amount of money are all like Epstein's. This is, <laughs> this is another Epstein dude. Like he, and he had that kind of money, like ridiculous money. He had his own, like part of an Island in a, in the Bahamas, you know, that was built all crazy. And he took people out there. He, he's a real creepy looking dude. Like he really looks like a fucking creep, but he, he wanted to be Hugh Hefner, but more than Hugh Hefner. So every time he went anywhere, he showed up with two 20 year olds at a time, you know, on each arm, on each arm. So everywhere he goes, he has four chicks with them and just was throwing all these crazy parties and stuff. He would, he would bring, he'd fly in, you know, he'd find one girl that was like 16 years old. He'd be like, yeah, bring your friends here. We'll send the private jet. And he'd fly like 20 girls out to his house. And then he would have these quote unquote pillow parties and stuff. I mean, it's crazy. Oof. It, it's it's really nutty. And when you see this guy, he looks like, remember Fabio back in the day? Okay. If you put Fabio in a time machine and made him like 50 years older, where he looks like a creepy mess, that's what he looks <laughs> like. He looks like a creepy Fabio, but even though he's like 70 years old, he's still wearing the, the, sh- the zipper shirt that's all the way zipped down to his belly button and you know, he's, he's creeping on like 16 year olds and 20 year olds. And what, I mean, it's real fucking creep, but just, just how these guys with this money, you know, when they get that, I, I don't know it, what it, happens to them. Yeah. We've had that talk before, man. I don't know what happened. Like once you get to a certain financial state, you're just like the last yeah. thing to buy are miners. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's, it's almost like, well, you can buy everything else. This is the one thing. Right. That you can't just have. So it's yeah. the one thing that they all just go after. But yeah, this guy is, I, they, they said in the documentary, I, I mean, it, it's pretty fucked up to the point that even his own kid turned evidence to the FBI on this guy right? and changed his name. So he wouldn't be even, you know, thought of as part of this guy's family. I mean, it's, it's a mess. They had 125 people that actually filed complaints against him. And one of the detectives said that they think that that's maybe a 10th of what should, but so many of them already got money and signed NDAs to just keep their mouth shut. (laughs) So they think that he raped like 1200 women. (laughs) It's fucking nuts. Wow. So (sighs) people, it's, it's a crazy documentary to say the least. I know it's not the, most happy topic in the world but <laughs> but it's it's nutty <laughs> wow um i've been listening to the new lamb of god uh i will say that if you're a lamb of god fan you're gonna love it uh thoroughly uh how does it relate i have not heard it yet how does it rate does it go older school or does it go more like the last one? I think the, it's the older, st- older school. Okay. I, th- I think if you're a Lamb of God, like an old school Lamb of God fan, I think you're going to like it a lot. Mm. Um, yeah, it just hits it, it. Lamb of God's one of those bands where it, I don't understand why there's so much hate with them. Like they're mm-hmm. a band that just like, you know, they, they put on a great live show. Randy's got yeah. an awesome voice. You know, their music's good. Like it, it, they're one I just like. Oh man, I'm so sick of. You know, I guess maybe I could see sick of because they do kind of tend to. They were on the Slayer tour for so long and well, know, Slayer, kind of Metallica, the, Slipknot. I mean, they yeah. played. They were the opener for how many big tours? But as of as for like, I just unless you just don't like screaming, mm. you know, you want some more melody in your vocals. Then right. I get it. But if you're just a metal fan, I don't see why metal fans hate on lamb of god but yeah new album really good um okay. spoiler alert um another album i've been checking i checked out today was the, the, the new i prevail uh called true power um okay. the band that i've, I've kind of like we were talking earlier with with gojira and stuff like that like a band i've always kind of dug but I, I haven't really you know dove into the the catalog i saw the, their new album is out um it's very 
very two halves. Like the first half is super heavy and, but they do kind of have like a, uh, you know, more singing choruses and whatnot. Second half of the album gets super like new metal and rappy. I was like, where did this come from? Nice. But, um, but yeah, man, like the, the heavy, like when it goes heavy, it's just like perfect. And then cool. it's got some kind of sing along choruses. You're like, all right, I can dig this. So the new I prevail, I, I really enjoy. Uh, something I, I gave a recommendation for a month or two ago was the new muse. Um, the, they released the song killer be killed. And I thought it was going to be an, an amazing album. And right. I love, I love old school muse. Like I, I'm, I'm a fan. And I, I was just like, what is this? And <laughs> when I listen, it's called Will of the People. And aside from the killer be killed and maybe like one other part, it is just, I'm like, what is going on here? It almost sounds like an 80s synth pop album. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? Well, what are we doing, people? <laughs> like, nice. This doesn't remind me of Muse at all. Flock so, of Seagull style. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm waiting for AHA to jump out of nice. my uh, fucking... But yeah, so not a big fan of the new Muse. Um, All right. So yeah, so uh, once the Lamb of God album comes out, you guys will enjoy. And the new I Prevail that is out is very good. Cool. Very good. Um. Other than that, I think uh, I think we're good, right? I think we gave the people enough of our greatness. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, over the next few uh, next few weeks. Um, I will be heading to Nashville once a week for rehearsal. Ooh. Get to go back into band rehearsal. I'm sure some photos will un- come from that. Definitely shoot been uh, video. Yeah, definitely to be shooting some video. Hitting the treadmill, lost like seven pounds. I don't want to be fat yeah. guy on stage, you know. Like, <laughs> I think I don't. Were you? Were you and I talking about this on the phone the other day, man? Some of these people that are coming to the show haven't seen me in 20 years, so right. I, I don't want them to be like, "Oh my god, like, <laughs> like what happened to me." You know, so. <laughs> so will you put your hair in dreadlocks just for that night? Uh not for not for that night, but uh I think oh that's too long of a process. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but uh you know luckily my hair is long and I, I still have it, so right. <laughs> Other than that, uh you know, at least I'm not showing up looking like I just got off my job at the uh you know the call center or something. Right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, so yeah, so the next couple of weeks I'll be in Nashville doing rehearsal, then the show on the 18th, and then uh, right after that, the next weekend is Louder Than Life, so going to have lots to talk about. Very cool, man. Other than that, man, uh, for the uh, Talk To Me podcast here, NotFest.com, I've been Joshua Toomey. I'm still Chris Aiken. Tighten up. Ooh. <laughs> The Talk To Me podcast presented by NotFest.com. Follow the show at Talk To Me Talk. Be sure to subscribe, rate the podcast, and leave a review on your favorite podcast app to get the latest from the Talk To Me podcast.